Well, Merry Christmas. We got a white one. <laughs> I don't know if that passes, if it's just been laying on the ground for a couple of days. <laughs> I, uh, doing, doing some research about, uh, Christmas. Can you turn? Um, there, there is, uh, some research that was done, you know, in the 12th century and things where they, they studied the high priest schedule. And we know that John the Baptist's father was the high priest at a certain time. And we, they found out, well, when was he the high priest? At what time of the year was he the high priest? And then within so many, uh, months, John the Baptist was conceived and born, which is six months before Jesus was born. And they actually mapped it all out and Christmas could be right now. I mean, they, they actually came out with December 25th, right around this time. People say, well, the shepherds, you know, they wouldn't be out in the fields. Well, you know, I, I was raised in Tucson and Tucson is at the same longitudinal as Israel, a desert area and sheep out there, you know. So it's, it's very possible that, you know, we, we can't throw the date out either. So it, uh, we can celebrate. We can celebrate. Uh, I've been following John MacArthur's uh, teachings uh, going into Christmas, and he was talking about the Magi. I don't know. Did, had, was anybody listening to that? No? Nobody? Well, good. I, I'm going to share a few things with you about the Magi. He says, you know, really... What we know most about the Magi is from from uh, Christmas cards. You know, the three Magi. They somebody even named them. Uh, they rode camels and they they gave frank, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, but I think um, we, if we just stick with Scripture, what was it? Who were they? How many were there? Do we know? I mean, let's. If we really want to stick with the facts, uh, what do we know about the Magi? Well, we do know this, that the word magus or magoi, uh, magi being the plural, is a, is a word that's not translatable. It, it doesn't translate. It's, it's, a, it's a title, it's a name of a tribe uh, in, the middle, in the east. Uh, and there were a priestly tribe, it's amazing that they followed a lot of the same uh, religious uh, parts that Israel did. They, they were monotheistic. They offered uh, blood sacrifices. Uh, they, they had a lot of... Lot of but, but this the Magi, the Magi, were the priestly caste. Uh, but they were even more powerful than that. This was a tribe of people among the Medes and Persians that were skilled in astronomy and astrology. They can kind of combine the two. Uh, with combined knowledge of science and agriculture, mathematics, history, and the occult. So the word magic and magician comes from this idea, but it's, it doesn't really give us the idea of who, who the magi were. So here, here's a little history lesson. <clears throat> when Babylon took Judah into captivity, there, these, were, they, these were the high-ranking officials in the courts of Babylon. They became aware and knowledgeable of the Jewish religion from the many Jews who were brought to Babylon, including Daniel, 
who was placed over them and had an influence in their study of Jewish prophecies. Over many years, they kept a high position throughout history, even after being subjugated to the Greeks and then the Romans. They always appear with tremendous political power because of their superior knowledge, their uniquely priestly function, the occult powers of divination and astrological knowledge, and were advisors to royalty of the East. They were always consulted by kings who leaned on them for counsel. So we can go to the book of Daniel and get a glimpse of the wise men when King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and demanded that his wise men interpret it for him. So Daniel chapter 2, the Chaldeans, which is another word for uh, this cast of wise men in Babylon. Uh, the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, uh, astrologer, or Chaldean. So we get this in, in Daniel that they're being called the wise men of the king. Uh, Daniel... Uh, Chapter two again, and you could you know the story. So I'm I'm kind of skipping a lot of the details of where this comes from. But then it says the king, uh, because Daniel was able to uh, to translate interpret the king's dream. It says then Daniel promote the king promoted Daniel, and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. So you can imagine the influence that Daniel has over these magi, the wise men. Uh, If they were men of knowledge and history, then they probably wanted to know what Daniel knew also. I mean, Daniel was learning the, the, the ways of Babylon, but they were learning from Daniel. Uh, When, when the king built a great image to be worshipped, we have in Daniel chapter 3. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now I bring that up because did you hear anything about wise men? That wasn't part of this. They weren't they weren't called for. Uh, and that will come up again when we see more of what was going on in Babylon. The king has another dream, and Nebuchadnezzar is writing this and says, Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me, uh, his name is Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, see, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I may have seen, that I have seen, and its interpretation." So once again, you see that Daniel is over all these 
uh, magicians, the magi, the wise men. Another king, Belch, Belshazzar, who was the next king in order, was the king when they were celebrating with the, the, the items from the Jewish temple and the writing on the wall. You remember the writing on the wall at that time. And the queen says to him, there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldean soothsayers. And then a little bit later, that very night, Belshazzar, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain. And now Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. So that was in Daniel chapter 5. Now remember, there was a plot to come against Daniel. And that's when he gets thrown in the lion's den. And just in Daniel chapter 6, so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge at fault uh, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. So notice this plot did not include the wise men. They were not in on this plot. These were the satraps, the governors, you know, people that were jealous of the authority and power that Daniel had. But I think the wise men lived in a, kind of on a different plane. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And so MacArthur goes on and says, because of Daniel's high position and great respect among them, it seems certain that the Magi learned much from that prophet about the one true God, the God of Israel, about his will and plans for his people through the coming of a glorious king. Because many Jews remained in Babylon after the exile and intermarried with the people of the East, it is likely that Jewish messianic influence remained strong in that region even until the New Testament times. So we see them as an eastern people, the Magi, who rose by virtue of their very unique priestly function, by their unique, rather occultic powers and divination, by their astronomical knowledge, they rose to places of prominence. They rose up in the Babylonian government, the Medo-Persian government, even in some cases in the east during the Greek period, and for sure during the Roman period, to be the advisors to the royalty of the East. And that's where they got the name, the wise men. They were the ones that were consulted about various things that the kings and the rulers and the nobles and the princes wanted to know. So all this information gives us the idea these were prominent people. They were looked to by kings John MacArthur brings up, he says, do you remember the fact that Moses was raised up in all the wisdom of the Egyptians? Well, the same thing was true of anybody who was raised in a nobility in the East. They were raised in the law of the Medes and the Persians, all nobility raised by them, and they were the kingmakers. They were the kingmakers, and no one ruled at all apart from them. 
there were some of the time at the time of Jesus' birth who were still waiting for Daniel's great hope to be fulfilled. Now, historically, Rome, you know, had stretched its tentacles out as as to rule the world, but they never really felt very secure about the Parthian Empire, the eastern part, the eastern empire. And they had become violent enemies, and they fought. As recently as 55 BC, there were battles between the Romans and the East. And also 40 BC, they fought. And what's fascinating, you know, uh, where they always fought? The great empire in the West, the great empire in the East came together, and right along the coast of the Mediterranean, Syria, Jordan, Palestine. Israel was a little no-man's land between the powers of the East and the powers of the West, and Rome was afraid of them. At the time of the birth of Christ, Magi, whose duty it was to have absolute choice for the selection of a king, had some real problems with the king that they had in the East. They wanted to fight Rome and knock, knock off Rome, but their derelict king... Uh, they finally deposed him, and the Magi were looking for a new king, a new king of the East, a new king of the Eastern Empire who could come against Rome. You could see the tension building here, because when it gets to Herod, he was afraid of these people. Uh, so th- uh, the background of events, when they arrived in Jerusalem, Herod knew what was going on. They were kingmakers. And when they wandered around town saying, where is this new king of the Jews? Herod, Herod was panicked. When suddenly these Persian kingmakers appeared in Jerusalem, they rode Persian steeds, not camels. And when they came in, they didn't come alone. The estimates of history are they came with Persian cavalry. These are powerful men. And to make it worse, his army, Herod's army, was out of the country on a mission. And the Bible says Herod was troubled. (laughs) No no doubt. Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. I mean, this was not just a few people coming to town and consulting the king. Hey, where can we go to find this new, you know? This was a cavalry of Persians looking for a king, and all Jerusalem was troubled. A word about Herod. He was he had a good side to him. He helped make Israel more than just an outsettlement. He built cities. He built harbors. Uh, he even helped the poor by returning some of their taxes to them. But he had a very wicked side. He was always afraid of losing his position. He murdered some of his children along with his wife and others who would challenge his kingship. And so into Jerusalem rides the group of magi, kingmakers of the east on their fine Persian steeds, escorted by mounted cavalry. This was frightening to him. Would the king they sought 
take his position? Would this new king challenge Rome in another battle between east and west? Matthew records the Magi coming. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Babylon, to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. You know what he's wanting to do. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now I notice in Luke, when uh, the angels appeared to the shepherds in the fields, they were told, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But when the Magi came, they found a young child in the house. So there was some time passing through, and that's why you know that Herod chose to kill all the children two years and younger, according to the time that he saw the Magi and when they saw the star. Now Matthew all the way through his gospel, is trying to tell the world that Jesus Christ is king. And just to make sure nobody misses it, he has the most famous kingmakers in the world come and bow down at his feet. It's all a part of Matthew's strategy. Jesus is the king. And if Israel isn't going to acknowledge it, then God is going to drag a bunch of people from Persia to acknowledge it. He is king. He is our king. And that's the story of Magi. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. We thank you for the brilliance of history and how history is his story and how you bring things together and how you brought us together even today for such a time as this. So we want to worship you, want to learn from you, want to be encouraged, encourage one another. In Jesus' name, amen.